Hello, Kathy Lawless here, Life Story Curator, bringing you this podcast series, How Did I Get Here? A series of interviews designed for people who are just starting out in their career, in transition, or maybe feeling stuck, and giving them access to other stories of people who are successful in their careers, uh, survived being in transition, and probably have also been stuck at one point or another, so they get to hear those stories. Today I'm talking with Brenda Kayser-Berger, who is a former corporate executive who's also started her own consulting business, uh, but now is looking to become part of a for-profit board of directors. So welcome, Brenda. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. So excited to uh, meet you and to hear your story. Thank you. So uh, I always like to start with the icebreaker questions, which are, where did you grow up? How many siblings? Where are you in the birth order? And how did that kind of shape you as a person? Okay. Well, I actually was born in Seattle, but we moved to Colorado not too long after that. So all my school years were in Littleton, Colorado. Ah, So almost a Colorado native. Yeah, almost. (laughs) (laughs) And I was the middle child, so I had an older sister that was definitely the older sister realm of she got straight A's and was definitely... When I would go behind her, a couple of years behind her, they'd say, oh, are you Sandy's sister? And I'd say, oh, yeah, thinking they wanted me to get straight yeah, A's too. Yeah, they already knew. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Had a little sister that was five years younger, so she was a little bit younger. Um, so we, we, she would play with her, but it'd be a little bit different with her. She was more the real social and loved to play. And she's always still been the social gal. She loves um, people. They love her. She's great. So I think I, as a middle child, I found my place that um, I sometimes would go with the flow, kind of be the peacemaker, you mm-hmm. know, uh, in the family, uh, as well as trying to find my niche. Um, I did okay with grades. I, I didn't wasn't straight A's, but I also didn't, you know, uh, have trouble. But I, I found my way really around sports. So I was in track, and um, I was a sprinter and loved to be in that realm. And mm. also did choir. Right? We also all took piano, and done. Wow. so there's a little bit of music there too. But I think as a middle child, that continued into my career, that I really um, wanted to, to make my way and figure out who I was, and because I tended to grow up uh, kind of going with the flow with everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a little bit in your sister's footsteps and yeah. a little bit of the shadow maybe, but yeah. three years difference there and then so five. Two, about two years difference between my older oh, sister okay. and then five to my younger sister. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I can totally relate to middle child, <laughs> ran track. Yeah, yeah really. Okay. Uh, Very relatable. Yeah. And then, but I also play the piano. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, we definitely. <laughs> we have a lot of common. This is crazy. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. <laughs> Okay, so uh, on the fun meter, mm-hmm. on a scale of one to five, uh, one being couch potato, five being the life of the party, where would you put yourself? Uh, that's an interesting question for me because I'm an introvert by nature, for sure. I did, um, I we'll hear more about my IBM career, but did a lot of the Myers-Briggs testing and all that and, and really found how what an introvert I was. But in the career world, of course, and in life, you really need to get out there and be the life yeah. of the party. And so I, I found I could do both. And especially as a middle child, then I was kind of the silly one. So I think it was my way to fit into the family and to be the peacemaker and I could make the jokes. And so growing up, I was like that. Then in my career life, um, I would put myself on the meter, maybe in between around three or three and a half, something like that. Uh, that I like to, to, when I'm in a group, I like to have fun. I like to be the one that, 
adds and contributes to the stories and all of that kind of thing. Um, but also I'm an introvert and get my energy from needing to be quiet and alone and I love ah. my books. My quiet self-reflective. So it sounds like it's situational. Yes. And what your role is. Like if you're in a leadership role, then you're going to be more outgoing. and That's a perfect way to put it. And if you're the host (laughs) of the party, you're going to be more outgoing. But if you're a participant, then okay. Exactly. Like you said, go with the flow. I get Mm -hmm. it. And again, a fellow middle person, I I can relate to the silliness too and the playfulness. (laughs) Yeah, playfulness. That's a good way to put it. Okay, on the risk meter then, same scale, one to five, how are you on taking risks? So I think on that one, it's, it's a little situational too, that in my career, I felt very confident. And I, I, when I'm in technology and, and the world that I love, then uh, it's easy for me to step out there because I t- felt like I knew it and I knew what to do and I love to take risks that way. Uh, but in my personal life, I'm very much a planner, and I like to um, have predictability. Mm, don't <laughs> we all? The, yeah, I guess we yeah. all do. <clears throat> the math, computer science side of me really wants to have um, the black and white and, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I've tried hard in my career to stretch, and, and um, I feel like I've done that quite a few times. And then maybe it doesn't feel like a risk because I'm feeling confident. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm – so I'd say I'm kind of in the middle on that one, too. Maybe – Three and a half again. <laughs> I love. I get a lot of three and a halfs. Not they don't want to go with the three. Yeah, they don't want to go with the four. But right, yeah, that's it. So, so. we just tips. It tips on the scale to the yeah. middle. So okay, great. Well, I think yours is definitely a story about transition, as we were yes. talking about earlier, exactly. uh, because you had this great corporate executive, or you know, a corporate career that we're going to get into a little bit. But then also you can do consulting, take that knowledge and help other businesses, but also take that same information, right? And yes. And how could that, you know, be as a board member or board of director then? So talk a little bit about what you're doing today and then we'll get back into how did I get here? Okay. So yeah, exactly today. What I'm I'm doing today is taking that executive career, IBM corporate background and doing many different roles in that realm. And then I also was a C-level executive in a nonprofit, so I'm taking that knowledge and bringing that together with helping these other companies. This consulting I'm doing now is the range from startups to big corporations. So taking all that knowledge and realizing that as a on a board of directors, I can really bring a lot to the table. Mm, yeah. And I'm very passionate about um, helping corporations move forward and whatever uh, they're you know, whatever they're needing to do, whether it's growth or turnaround or really making a difference in the community. That um, <coughs> I really learned that uh, <clears throat> big corporations have a lot of resources. Yeah. And I want to be part of that in terms of. Uh, really moving this world forward because we've got so many things that we need to take care of in this world as our earth and the people and there's so many things we can do and big corporations are a big part of that. And as a board of director then you have a different level of influence than you would as a being on the leadership team. So, okay. Exactly. Well, cool. Well, we'll get into that a little bit more as we, we trans- as we travel through your journey. So, <laughs> okay. let's let's go back to junior high high school. What did you want to be when you grew up? So I originally started out wanting to be a wild animal trainer. I thought that would be. <laughs> I loved animals, and I I'm very intrigued by animal behavior and and um, wild animal trainer, not and just wild animal. Yeah, <laughs> definitely loved all the wild animals and. 
so that was my first love. And going through school, then I uh, went eventually to college thinking I wanted to be a forest ranger because that seemed a little more practical. Ah. <laughs> but I could still be outside and I mm-hmm. could still be part of the animals. And then slowly um, moved the journey a bit to teacher. I thought, well, maybe I'll be a teacher because that seemed a little more predictable and I loved kids and, and thought about that journey. Then I met a math professor that um, in those days, um, getting into math and computer science, especially for a woman, was a big thing in college. I was uh, one of two women <laughs> in the whole college. So, wow. Uh, what we, college did you go to? At Fort Lewis College. Fort Lewis, okay. And Durango. Mm-hmm. And that we had a program where it was a sister school to CSU, Colorado State University. And so got into math and computer science and loved it and um, never looked back from that. Just decided to go that journey and um, graduated with math and computer science degree. Wow. So it wasn't until you were in college, though, that you kind of went down this math computer route. Sometimes some of the interviewees have talked about, oh, I was good in math and science in high school, and therefore that's the degree I went into. But you went in for forest ranger. Yes. (laughs) And came out with math and computer. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. So what, yeah. what was your first job then? So I had uh, in college my last year, there was a grant um, with NASA that we were in those days, we were taking satellite bits, you know, data coming from satellites and helping the computers to understand what trees were and roads and that kind of mm-hmm. thing it was way back. And I was part of that grant and just loved the whole science um, programming area. And IBM had seen that. A friend of mine uh, had his father worked at IBM, and so he saw me working on that grant. He said, hey, why don't you come over to IBM for an internship my summer before I graduated? And so I went and did the internship at IBM, and um, then that really led to the later job. I interviewed at quite a few places because it's you know definitely sought after and as a woman. Uh, but IBM had the best um, you know, pay as well as benefits, and I could I saw the corporate worldwide, and I really wanted to travel and see the world and be part of all of that. Oh, so that they uh, you were attracted to them as a company. Well, and yes. such a big name yeah. and brand, right? So, if you don't mind me asking, I know this is going to date you. Okay, yeah. But can right. you give me the dates because I think that helps people understand yeah. when you're looking at math and technology, and you're also looking at women in leadership. All of that plays in, in in terms of what decade we're talking about. <laughs> yes, yes. I graduated um, in 79 from high school, way back, <laughs> and uh, 83 from college. And uh, so that was really during the time, those early 80s, it was brand new computer science, really, even the cards. And well, all yeah, because this wasn't PC world at all. No, this was no, big, big mainframe, mainframe stuff. All big mainframe, wow. big computer centers. And so it was um, most of the meetings are um, eventually I, I got into management but pretty quickly because in those days if you were a woman and could communicate new technology that was immediately <laughs> to put you into a team lead and then uh, manager role really fast so yeah. I very quickly started managing uh, programming teams and then big computer centers and evolved from there so even though you didn't have any management experience yeah, they, but they also, I know IBM is known for some of their leadership programs, right? Right. I was very lucky to be part of a corporation that they do a lot of training. And so there's so much you go, in those days, you went back to a management center 
and you actually had a, a whole training on becoming a manager. Of course, it, it's almost like any corporation, though. You go into the manager position, and you're in it for about six months before you go to the training. <laughs> so oh, okay. you have to uh, <laughs> just jump on board and start mm-hmm. talking to the people. But I, I think having those people skills, I've, I've always loved to get to know people and what, they're, what they love and what motivates them and how they fit into the team and being able to connect that to the goals we needed to really achieve for the corporation. So it was really natural for me to do that just personally. So I could do that quickly over the six months and know the technology they were talking about. And then once I went to school, that just helped elevate, you know, those leadership skills yeah. and how to bring that back to the table and, and work with people. I do have a funny story. Um, when I first started my very first meeting, when I'm brand new manager, you know, 20, probably 24 years old, 23, 24, and they're all looking at me all, you know, way older than I am, <clears throat> and they all are telling me that the prior manager was so much fun and they loved him, and am I going to be as, as funny as they are in the department meetings? And I was just so intimidated by that because I thought, funny? Well, I don't know how to be funny. <laughs> and plus, I'm a brand new manager and this kid. And mm-hmm. so it, it was uh, definitely the first few meetings were pretty tough. I had to try to up my funness as you talk about, <laughs> as well as try to manage the group and get to know them. And so it was quite a challenge. But you know, those things turn out great in the end. So. Yeah. So I'm guessing you were maybe one of the youngest persons yes. in, in your aunt on your team and were you the only woman i actually did have one woman um that she was ahead of me she was a programmer systems programmer but uh, that was it the rest were men and most of my career was always men in all the meetings or reporting to me yeah now leadership tracks are very interesting right in terms of your personality it sounds like you had a good personality for it but you know i've met some people who are like oh i tried that leadership thing i didn't want the hassle of it i didn't want the responsibility of it what were your thoughts? I mean, again, you're very young. You're going into this where you're like, well, this is great. And did you, were you drawn more like, I wish I could just do the technology stuff? Or were you like, no, this is really, now I'm finding it's a great fit for me. It, it was definitely a, a stretch for me. And I would have days that I'd say, what am I doing? Why don't I just go to the corner and program like mm-hmm. I thought I was going to do it from school, you know? And so I, I kind of go back and forth, but um, my real nature is people and uh, making their lives better. So I would see that connection and I would see we we're making IBM better, we we're making things better for our clients, for it just, I realized pretty quickly the bigger uh, purpose was just more important to me than my introverted safety of sitting ah, in the corner. So, so I, I found that I, I while it stretched me, and um, but it, it really also brought me satisfaction to that part of myself that, oh, that's right, this is fun to be helping people, and these are real people in real lives that have families, and we're all, you know, trying to take care of ourselves and move ahead and do good things mm-hmm. for ourselves and the company, Yeah. Wow. So then, so you just kind of moved up the ranks then, and yes, and I did different things. Um, IBM is pretty. Uh, if you're moving up in the ranks like that, they really want you to manage different areas of IBM before you get to the executive ranks. So, 
I went out and managed the branch office for a while, which was all sales. I still tried to stay on the technical side. We called it systems engineering in mm -hmm. those days. But um, so I managed mostly the more techie side. It'd be hardware and software. But it was so good for me to really be in touch with the clients every day and realize we were affecting their businesses every single day and improving their businesses as well as IBM's. And then also did some consulting for IBM. So I um, got into a realm that was more import-export, all the supply chain you hear about today. Uh, we did all the importing and exporting for IBM. And that really helped me to understand. We had um, about 300 systems that did importing and exporting, and I was responsible for all of that and the programmers. And getting around the year 2000, it was huge. Remember in those oh, days? Oh, geez, yeah. Y2K, Y2K. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. And that was so fun for me to go to all the countries. So um, we had 190 some countries that we had little systems or connections to subsidiaries, you know, and so we had to get everything ready for the year 2000. And, and we made it, of course, yeah. um, like most people. And, and it ended up turning out great, which is awesome. But it was a, it was a big thing for IBM. And for me, I, I got the Chairman's Award, our um, chairman, that uh, for all the work we did on that because we were ready and had no problems. Wow, so congratulations. Yeah. It's funny, my husband's in the IT world and, you know, the Y2K thing, you know, came and went. And, and you know, some of the business people that he worked with kind of made the comment, well, it ended up being a non-event. And he's like, well, that's because... Because we prepared. We prepared it <laughs> so well for this. And so yeah. you really, you do have to give kudos for because it could have gone very differently. The company, I was in the same thing. We spent a lot of time prepping for it and everything and, and it ended up a non-event and which is a good thing. So, yeah. you know, exactly. one hand you could say, well, did we all just overreact? And they say, no. Most times it's when you catch, you're caught unawares of something that, you know, big problems happen. Exactly. So, so how long were you there in total then? So 34 and a half years. 34 and a half. So you yeah. went through, because IBM, up, down, up, down in yes. terms of growth. And then, you know, you'd see it in the news that, oh, their sales are down and they missed the boat on the PCs and all these things, right? right. And then, so you were part of a lot of um, reinvention, I would say. Yes, that's a great word. That's exactly what happened. And I think that background I'd love to bring to the table for our board of directors because I really watched things like, uh, should we have you know, sold the PC business sooner? Or should we have all those things we grappled with? Because mm -hmm. um, in those days, I got to the higher levels where we would be in these meetings of all the senior managers. and have discussions on where is IBM going in the next five or 10 years and why and what are those signs that we need to watch for. And yeah. then we run our businesses based on those strategic goals and that kind of thing. So I'd love to bring that knowledge to other companies. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the highs and lows, right? Exactly. Because here's the lessons learned on how we missed the boat on X right. or here's where we got it right. Maybe it was lucky or maybe it was strategic or, or you know, well, yeah, because you have to look at, I'm guessing, Where's technology going then? Where's IBM going now? Where's our division going? You know, I peel yes. all that back. Wow. Right. Very cool. Exactly. Yeah. Now, so it sounds like they not only invested in you as a leader with training, but also by all of these different assignments. So when yes. you think of someone starting out in their career, um, I, I know I'm a proponent of get on the leadership track. I mean, you get exposed to so many things. Um, but also you get a view of the whole business, and that's so important, don't you think? I do, I do. It, it depends on what a person's goals are, mm -hmm. but um, it's pretty rare someone really truly wants to just sit in the 
corner and program all yeah. day long. There's a few, and if that's truly what they want to do, they and are happy doing it, and they can make a living and all that, then uh, definitely they should do that. But uh, it it definitely has a, a different view. If you want to have more of the wide view, then you for sure need to get into some leadership roles, even if it's a team lead. You mm-hmm. know, maybe they don't want to get into management and. Uh, that was the nice thing at IBM. We had a technical track and a leadership management track. <clears throat> so some people could, if they wanted to stay real techie, they could continue. We had a, a higher level called Distinguished Engineer that they could. They had to still be a little bit leadership because you're a team lead of technology. Ah, okay. Well, you couldn't still sit in the corner, but uh, but you had to leave a lead a technical team. But you didn't manage the people. You know, you didn't have to do their evaluations. You'd give input to it, but. Uh, the managers would do the final evaluations and all that, that maybe they did not want to get into the people side. So they could, so people should investigate that in their companies. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think we even evolved to that till later, but most companies have that now where they really value people's leadership in the technology side as well as the management side. Yeah. And so you can do pretty big things on, on both sides, but it still takes leadership skills and communication skills reaching outside yourself, improving yourself, self-reflection, you know, lots of uh, big areas that you can't just um, put on your shoes and go in each day and, and just hope. <laughs> you, know, you really <laughs> need to be improving who you are and how you talk with people and how you listen to people. Ah, that's that a good point, you know, because I think businesses, companies are willing to invest in people, but they want to see the person investing in themselves too. Yes. Either willing to do the extra or, you know, learning outside tuition reimbursement, that kind of a thing. So, so what, um, uh, I'm trying to think of where we are in your journey here. What made you decide to leave IBM then and start your own business? And or are we not there yet? Or is there some yeah. other parts about your so let's see corporate in IBM? <clears throat> probably um, the big one. I know you had mentioned before in some of your other interviews. You know, challenges along the yeah. way. Yeah, setbacks. And, um, one really big one for me that uh, I think it's a little better for women these days is. Um, at one point, I was sitting around a table, and uh, it was all a men and myself, and we were working on a really tough client that was having some problems in California. And the person we were pointing to at that time was the vice president, and he just, we, we had talked and talked about what we were going to do, finally decided, closed his book, and looked around the table and said, okay, I want everybody on a plane in two hours. We're going to be in San Francisco, and we need to do this and this and this. And every guy went on their cell phones and said, you know, to their partners, you know, hey, can you pack a suitcase, meet me at the airport, I need to develop. And I had no one to call because I was a single mom. And so I had to think about who is going to pick up my kids tonight. Yeah. I wasn't planning on a trip. I had, you know, dogs and house. And just, it was just such a big thing to me to realize I didn't have that person to call. And Mm -hmm. so... They ended up all getting there and having a nice dinner together and doing lots of planning and all that. And I was still at home trying to figure out who could take care of my kids overnight and the whole who could get the trash out in the morning, you know, and all that. So I flew in and got in about midnight, had to miss all that. But I at least got to the meetings the next day. Yeah. And it just um, occurred to me for, for women these days, whether they have a partner or not, I know sometimes you have a partner that also has a big job, so you... Just a, um, I'm a real planner, so I, I definitely had plans for things like that, but not in two hours' notice. You know, I just had never been in that situation. 
So I got better and better at um, having either neighbors or family, or eventually I ended up um, having graduate students from CU. I was in Boulder in those days. So started, you just have to build those systems around you that you have the same opportunity as every other person in the room. Yeah. If they can drop everything and go, then you need to be able to drop everything and go. Or, you know, maybe get into a different job or, you know, those things you just need to think about um, when you're on your own and have to, you know, do things sometimes at the last second. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that because that's not what you usually see when you look at corporate leaders in your organization. You don't realize some of those sacrifices and that demand on the time, et cetera. So, you know, I feel like, you know, what you missed out by not going to dinner was probably pretty powerful, right? In terms of it's that meeting before the meeting, it's the informal where you learn about your colleagues, your boss, and they learn about you, right? And it's really powerful it networking and team building, right? Yeah, but, and you do have to make up for it. Like you said, I the next day I had I got with the colleagues and said, can you at breakfast just update me on what you guys decided last night? You know, and what, what? So I had to really quick just take it in as fast as I could that morning yeah. to be ready for Well, and that. plus you're probably exhausted because you got and, in yeah. later exactly. and you're a little freaked out. It's like when you right. get late to a meeting, right? You're just like right. in that mode of I got to get in the right mindset. Right. So, wow. Yeah. So... Speaking of mindset, let's just jump there. How, what has been kind of your normal psyche or that little voice in your head over your, your life? Has it been the, the biggest cheerleader and supporter? Has it been the critic? Has it been a little bit of both? Yeah, it's um, definitely been the critic. <laughs> for, but um, I think that's been the challenge for me. I uh, learned early on in my career, I'd watch um, other women and men both, that I had mentors on both sides, that uh, I would hear them say things like, I'm scared to death to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I think, oh, yeah, we can just do it anyway. You know, yeah. Even though in my head I'd say, there's no way, you don't know anything about that, or, you know, how much do you know about that? Yeah. <laughs> but I would just, I'd listen to them and think, well, you know, if they can do it, why can't I try it? Let me just try. And yeah. so I'd throw myself in there for either a presentation or, um, you know, managing an area that I didn't really know or something like that. And I'd get in there and it, it would be hard, there's no question, and you're swimming and it's a lot to learn and all those things, but when you come out the other end, you go, oh, oh yeah, okay, okay, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Or I can, I'm the, I learned a lot about myself, a lot of self-reflection on what can I do and what can I rely on and um, how can I really um, jump in there and be what I need to be, even if I don't feel like I can. You yeah. know, just do it anyway, jump. <laughs> Did you ever not jump? Did you ever let the voice go, oh, this is too scary, I'm not going to do that? I had a few um, that, especially overseas, and and it was hard to with with kiddos because you don't want to. I had a few opportunities to go overseas and have assignments, Mm -hmm. and it, it would just be so complicated to take the kids out of school or have them, and I probably could have done it, um, but it would have been a real stretch, and and for there's some I I wish gosh I should have just done it especially if some, one of them was in London so I thought they speak English so <laughs> yeah say? but it would have been a lot it would have been a lot to do it and then other times I think oh thank goodness I didn't because I've watched other people do it and think oh wow that's you know a lot personally and professionally yeah I think if it had just been me I probably would have done more things like that because I love to travel and I love the challenge of the cultures and all yeah that, but. 
Um, so it's a little bit mixed. There's some I wish I had just jumped in and done, and some it's a good thing I didn't. <laughs> yeah, because you do have to look at your whole. I mean, you were responsible for more than just you. So, but I love that you um, mentioned that your mentor said, "I'm scared to death to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway." Sometimes your leaders don't articulate that, and you just think, yes. "Man, they know what they're doing. They must have this insight I'm not aware of. They're not even seeming nervous." Have we really talked this through? Um, and I think that's part of why I'm doing this podcast too, is I want people to hear, these are the things that go on in human beings' brains, right? But sometimes we don't articulate it. So sometimes you do have to ask or have those trusted confidence that where you do find out the inside scoop and that they are just as scared as you are. But, but like you said, but we can do it anyway, or let's do it anyway, because these things are the right reasons, right? Exactly. Yeah, I had really good mentor uh, woman at the beginning especially where she would she would just say well what if well why don't you just try it or um you know what if it, if it all just goes bad it all goes bad we'll we'll pick up the pieces later just go give it a try you know and just or sometimes she'd say well pretend like you do and go give it a try just you know give give yourself a pep talk and go through be prepared definitely have all your notes but then go in and pretend like you do know it all and you know see what that feels like just jump in there see what it feels like and she's right most of the time not every time <laughs> for the most part most i'd say 90 percent of the time you come out of there going oh i do know more about this than yeah. i realize and you know more than maybe most in the room most of the time yeah. or you you just it's more than not, it's better to just get in there and give it a try and see what you can do and talk to yourself about it ahead of time <laughs> to say, come on, just give it a try. Yeah. If you can find a way that you yourself feel prepared, ready, right? I mean, I've, I've studied enough. I have the background. I have my little voice in check. Yes. yes. <laughs> then you can be successful, right? And you don't have to know everything, but right. you have to know enough Right. to be in that seat to begin with, which it sounds like you did. So so talk a little bit about this transition then from corporate to consultant now to board of director. Um, you know, I, I know that's a different mindset too. I've been through it. Right. I haven't, I'm not on the board of director side for, for a for-profit company. I've done the nonprofit. But, right. So talk about kind of how you've made those changes and those decisions. Yeah. So toward the end of my IBM career, um, I kept thinking through, you know, what do I want to do next? I want to do something really different. I'd get recruiter calls for other big corporations, and I thought, you know, I just don't want, I want something really, really different. And one day out of the blue, a recruiter called and asked me if I wanted to be a chief operating officer at a nonprofit um, here in town. And I thought, wow, you know, that it's, it'd be tough to get the job. She was really clear. I didn't really have the nonprofit background. And it was real science, uh, conservation, you know, animals, things like that. But were, she said, were, was it wild animals? <laughs> <laughs> no, no wild. Well, some wild animals. <laughs> Not quite your Small childhood dream, dream, but maybe. Exactly. But it, um, I've always loved service, and I have volunteered my whole life and all that stuff, so I thought I'll just emphasize that. And they really needed a business person to turn the business around. So I thought, you know, I'll just emphasize what I do know. And I didn't qualify for every single thing on there. I had some pretty tough competition, but I thought, oh, you know, back to my mentors telling me, give it a try. You know, yeah. just see. Do your best. Definitely do your homework. Uh, definitely, you know, see what your strengths are to this job. And if you get it, fantastic. If you don't, there's other options. You know, to always kind of just get in there. Get in the, 
the arena as um, Brene Brown is one of my heroes that I ah, love to follow. Yeah, she's... And she talks about being in the arena and um, that really spoke to me that be authentic and be in the arena because those are the people that you want to be with, not the people that are rehearsing too much or over editing their lives or uh, staying too safe. I mean, you know, everybody's different. We have to respect safety of where people want to be, but uh, you, it's amazing what you can uh, get out there in the world and experience and the people that you meet and, and the person you become. So yeah. that each time I would develop and become a little different person and, and I love that nonprofit world for the time I was there. And then I went on to having my own company, which I kept getting calls from people saying, uh, can you help me with this? Or I don't know how to do this business plan, that kind of thing. And so I jump in and help them and started at the beginning doing for things for free just because we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then slowly thought, well, you know, my time's valuable. And I and talked to them about it and they'd say, oh my gosh, yeah, I'll, I'll pay you for that. And so slowly got into that. And then realized, oh, I've been talking with some friends that uh, they're on, you know, board of directors for for-profit companies. And I'd always done no, non-profit companies, and I knew what that was like. And I'd been the C-suite um, with this non-profit to our board of directors, so I knew what it was like to be on both sides now. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, that's perfect. I can bring my experience um, and especially if there's any kind of technology. At the end of my IBM career, I was doing blockchain and fintech and all the, the latest with some of the big technology that companies are grappling with. And so I thought, oh, I could bring that to the table as well as my leadership and broad background to a board of directors. And so that's how I got to where I am today. Wow. Yeah, yeah it sounds like you've got so much to offer uh, breadth and depth. I'd like to think so. I hope so. Yeah, we're, uh, we're looking for companies now and um, seeing where there is alignment and what value I can bring to the table. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to keep exploring that. Yeah. yeah exactly. Well, it sounds like I think you have a very powerful resume, obviously, but also the skill set and the authenticity that you bring and, you know, this risk-taking or courage that we were talking about earlier, you know, if you're not in the arena. Yeah. Well, I will also say too, if once you start showing up authentically, I think it's easier to be more courageous because you start sharing that, I don't know this, I'm afraid of this, but we need to do this. And this is why, I mean, it's a different thing than I've made the decision and we're going to do this without sharing it or involving the people to help you make the right decisions or or more educated decisions so that is so true and that i think that's the big evolution in my leadership life especially career-wise is um young especially i just kept trying to put on the ibm face of you know what i'd been taught in school and what are the right answers and you know all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. which is fine that's how you practice and you know, get good at things is trying things out. And but I, it was always kind of the corporate line and the corporate, you know, management things they taught you and all that. And uh, slowly, I realized the real, the best leaders are the ones that are really authentic and they bring themselves to the table. You know, all everything. The yes, you make mistakes and be authentic about that. Hopefully, not too many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you need to do something else. But uh, to really just be yourself. Um, and there, there actually was a, a quote that I read um, quite a, a while ago, but it, I still look at it and keep it up in my house. And um, it's by Shannon L. Alder. And it says, when you stop living your life based on what others think of you, real life begins. At that moment, you will finally see the door of self-acceptance open. And I 
that really spoke to me that I needed to accept who I was as a leader and really see what I brought to the table and not just that all those 10 lessons I learned at IBM that I bring to the table. You know, it's great you learn all that stuff, mm-hmm. but own it in my words and own it in my authenticity. And over the years, what I got from, you know, I'd talk to my folks and they, I'd ask for feedback always, especially at evaluation time. It goes both ways. You know, I'd evaluate them and I'd have them evaluate me. And so it was great to learn that they love that too. They want a human being to work with. Yeah. They don't want a robot that knows every answer and, you know, never makes a mistake. And so it just, it was quite a journey for me to bring myself to the leadership table, you know, and really be real with the people because that's really what they want to. Yeah. They, they really don't want just all the perfect answers and the perfect <laughs> manager. <laughs> well, <laughs> and if life or work or the world was perfect, anyway, we wouldn't yeah. need human beings, I guess. Exactly. But, well, I love that quote. I, <laughs> I like know, that. When I you, love her. She's a When you author. stop living your life based on what others think of you. It's funny, when I made my tr- transition out of corporate and I was looking for that next corporate thing and then I was consulting and then I was like, that I, it, that's kind of what happened to me. Because I kept thinking, well, what's the... I, it, it occurred to me one day, I was thinking about, what's the job that's going to be that next right thing for me when I look at myself from the outside? It was very weird. It wasn't, what do I want to do? And how do I want to spend my time? It's like, well, oh, I can't do that, even though that looks super fun, because it's not what I think others might think is the next right role. It was a very it's weird not- aha moment that I'm like... I can do anything I want. What is it? And it was scary and exciting and liberating all at the same time. So. Yeah, that's so. T- I think that's was the key for me too. Is in that exploration, you, you realize it's not that far out there anyway. You know, like you've brought your storytelling back to all the things you've done in mm-hmm. your life, and you're using all those skills. It's not like you threw away your background and now you're doing this. You you bring it all together. And so I think that was the aha over time is when I bring myself to it, then I'm bringing my whole background, of course, all my skills and all of that, Mm -hmm. but it makes it richer and better and more juicy (laughs) (laughs) at the table. And that's what people want, you know, they they want to all be in it together. We're all in this together. It's not, we're not separate and you just tell me what to do and I'll do it. You know, that's not what people want. And when you join a board, then the board now becomes... It has to become different with a new player, right? Or a new person, right? Because now it's another group dynamic. You bring a whole different level of and skill set. And yeah, so it, I mean, that's got to really change uh, the flavor of things. Yeah, it would be very interesting to be in that atmosphere and what I bring to the table. And definitely will need to be cohesive. And you want to, because you're now advisors, you know, you're not yeah. operational, you're more advising and uh, looking ahead with direction, which I love, and really being as a cohesive group as you can because you, you don't want to be, you know, telling the, or not telling, but working with the CEO and other C-suite and having different messages. Yeah. You really need to be together. Um, so, Brent, I could continue chatting because I have all these questions about self-reflection and awareness and how you did all that, but we really got to start wrapping this up. So. Uh, one thing I, I always like to uh, ask at, toward the end is, what do you feel was one of the smartest things you did, either for your career or maybe even just for yourself, when you kind of look back on your, on your life? Um, it's definitely taking time for that self-reflection that was huge for me, especially being an introvert. I, 
I learned that I get energy from the quietness and from uh, really looking back on what worked and didn't work for me and why and not getting into the super analytical, but more the heart and the logic, you know, bring it all together, the combination of it saying, okay, well, in my gut, what what was that? What was that? You know, lots of curiosity and lots of questioning. And um, was it? Did you do this through journaling, or did you like take time away and say, you know what, I'm going to take the weekend? You know, you know, some you know leadership teams go on retreats, or some people individually go on their own retreats. Is it something like that, or was it just on the plane ride home? You were. <laughs> That's a great question, especially during the family years, you know, with children stuff. You yeah, just don't have you were that going. Unless you are on the plane. <laughs> Because there's times there, although you have a lot of deadlines, so sometimes on the plane you're just trying to get work done. But either that, um, I try real, I'm a walker, I love to walk. And oh. so I, that was kind of my time to, when I was either walking um, or doing, you know, some, like I, I occasionally go to the gym for, um, you know, elliptical and that kind of stuff. That was my time. I would sometimes use it for books, you know, it's called books on tape back then. Those yeah. days, now it's more audible. Now it's audible. <laughs> yeah. Podcast. Um, yeah. But I also use that as the reflective time, and I uh, make it pretty intentional. Sometimes you just want to zone out. Oh, just yeah. Need to just... Well, and working out, that's the, <clears throat> the beauty of working out, right, is that you have to focus on, are you going to trip and fall? Yeah. Or, yeah, you, and it's, yeah, it's a great mind eraser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For a period of time. <laughs> But now that my kids are all gone and all that, it's it's more um, intentional, reflective time. Usually, mm. it does involve walking. I love being outside and um, feeling the fresh air, and um, you know, not make it like I'm trying to get the walkathon done. You know, more yeah. like a stroll maybe, or um, some quiet time sitting. I do some uh, what I I call reflective meditation. I wouldn't call it a huge meditation on you know uh where i want to completely be gone but definitely on different topics especially if something's not setting well with Mm, me mm -hmm. it helps me bring it up and and notice the feelings you know and think oh why do i feel that away why do i feel like that or what really happened there just questioning back to that curiosity i think people asking themselves questions instead of being defensive that's just, I really learned that early on. I had mentors that would say, wait, 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 wait. You know, what? what's going on that you're so defensive about this? You know, you... And you're you like going, what do you mean I'm defensive? <laughs> yeah, I'm not defensive. They're wrong. You know? <laughs> and then you just, you kind of calm down into, oh, I see. You know, I still feel like that. Also, let me see how else I feel. And what you just dig a little bit more. And it just helps to put it in perspective, yeah. you know, in the bigger picture. And especially where other people are coming from. That's the other part I love about Brene and some of the authors that talk about, you know, how does that other person feel? You know, they're a person too. And they're a wife, mother, sister, brother. You know, they're coming from who knows what they're up against that day. You know, it's, it's really helped me with empathy with other people and what they're doing and how they're feeling today. Put it in perspective. Yeah. You know, you just never know. Well, and it sounds like with your career at IBM, because you moved to so many different areas, you were starting over a lot, even though you're in the same company. And I think I experienced this too. You're starting, so you're building relationships. You really have to learn people and get to know them and understand versus I move in and we're just another you know, machine, right? It's no, this is a group of people and, and who are they? So, wow. Okay. You know, one more quick trick I just thought of for uh, maybe somebody who's starting out or um, 
when they're in this, whether it's corporate world or even uh, the entrepreneur world, something I started from a mentor a long time ago that really served me is every time I'd meet someone, I'd write it down. And I'd write down their, how I, like what year it was I met them, what their title was. I'd even, things like they had two children and they lived in you know this part of the country. Or I just kept notes my whole way. And what would be fun is, you know, 10 years later, I'd run into them again. Oh. And you, you know how you see a face, but you're not sure. Mm-hmm. And so I'd go back to my notes and go, oh my gosh, that's Arthur. And then, ah, da, da, you know, and you just yeah. start putting it together. And then when you're working together, they can't believe that you remember them. Mm-hmm. And you can't, they can't believe you remember all that detail. Yeah. And you think, oh, yeah, you know, but it's, it's just a great way to. And then you make connections, too, mm-hmm. because I would make connections in my little notebook. You know? Yeah. Right. People can do that online now more. But it would be a great way to make those connections later that, oh, Arthur knows Joe and Joe knows. So you'd, it's just amazing how the world's so connected, yeah. not only in IBM but even we work with lots of other companies and lots of customers and and I've used it even now in my world you know outside of IBM is I'll run into someone and think oh you're at that vendor that I thought you know it's yeah. just awesome and you can't remember all that there's so many people oh, in no. life but sometimes the act of writing it down is going to increase your memory just number one True. but then secondly if you've got a good tool or system for that then yeah you can go back and, and keep track of all that wow yeah, yeah. Well, again, I could keep going. Yeah. I have much more to ask you, but what I might need to do is follow back up with you. How's that? That's okay. I've been saying that to some of my, I think I need to follow back with everybody, you know, do that six month check-in and say, so oh. how did you get here since our last talk? So one, one gal, I don't know if you listened to her podcast, she was, she's creating a community of global citizen astronauts. And so she said, when I interview her next, I'll be interviewing her and she'll be on the moon. Because this is about space travel, commercial space travel, which I'm like, oh, that would be awesome. So, okay, but I digress. So, Brent, anything else that you would like to add before we wrap up? I really appreciate what you're doing. I just think this is such an avenue when people get to hear other people's stories. It can be a real aha and realize they're not alone. Because I I remember many times in my career feeling like I was the only one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then you hear other people and think, oh. I'm not the only one. There is so much comfort in that. And so, that thank you for wrapping that way because yeah. that's exactly what this podcast is about awesome. is to give people that inside access that we are all just people. We're all doing our best, making the best decisions we can. And the more self-aware you are, the better you can manage yourself and then manage and lead others. And that's, yeah. I guess we'll wrap on that note. So, okay. so thank you so much. Nice I certainly enjoyed hearing your story. And listeners, if you've enjoyed today's interview, then please subscribe and get um, alerts on future interviews. Uh, if you've got any questions for me or for Brenda, please post them on my website, uh, lifestorycurator.com. Uh, you can also find me on Apple, Google, YouTube. I'm all over. So please uh, share with your friends and family and others who might need to Uh, have access to these stories. Someone might be stuck, they might be in transition or just starting out, and these can be really powerful stories for them. So thank you. Thank you, Kathy. Have a good day.